Makes you evaluate everything in your life and how you go about it on a daily basis. John, what's on the line in this one? Everything. Some people have said we're defending champions. This is a new year and a new team and a new challenge. A good tail whooping can make you learn a lot of lessons. Personally, I, I learn a lot when I win. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, GPB, gpb.org, the GPB Sports app, Choice D, all of the above. As you can see this week, I am in the studio by myself. James, can we go to a wide shot just to prove it? <laughs> King James, master of the I'm ones sorry, and twos. John. Here we go. There it is. I am by my lonesome here in the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast studios here at GPB Radio as I withdraw my hands closer to my person. Hannah's not here. So if you would please explain, young lady, why you are not accompanying the show here in person, please. Could you explain that? Well, I'm on baby duty today. Yes, you so are. So I've got I've got the twins today. And I couldn't make it into the office, so I am in my closet once again. You guys know I'm good for this at least once or twice she a year. She needs to take a picture of this and post from, it to social the... media. So Hannah Gooden, large market anchor, sports anchor of the year from the Georgia Association of Broadcasters. Congratulations. Aw, thanks, John. I wasn't going to say anything, so making me Why blush. would you not? Well, I'm, I'm it's an extremely award. honored. It was shocking. I was not expecting it. So it was a really fun night at the Grand Hyatt down in Buckhead. And we had the sports team there. We had Lori Cover producer and Kevin Gerke, the boss. We mm -hmm. missed you and Matt because you guys were doing something special, too. Yep. And Adam and Burton were there. And it was just a fun night of dinner and celebration. It was actually my first Gabby Awards that I went to. So I had to get up on stage. And thank goodness you warned me I didn't have to give a speech because that would have <laughs> just been a wreck. So... Well, and also uh, GPB Sports won for recruiting 2021 also for best sports program. So uh, a big evening for us here at GPB. And so uh, say. Okay. And you and Matt were at the high school Hall of Fame. We were, but I was, was going to sit here and Very say, cool. OK, so um, uh, Commander Sandy, I think that next year, I think we need to submit the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast for, Ooh, uh, for the Gabby Awards. I think we need to do that next year. So yeah. let's, let's do that. Sure. But uh, I agree. but I no, agree. Uh, yeah, Matt and I were at the inaugural mm -hmm. uh, Georgia High School football players version of the Hall of Fame. And that was over at the College Football Hall of Fame and a lot of inductees, 45 inductees, all nine of the uh, NFL Hall of Famers went in as a group. We had 36 inductees and a little more than half of them were there to be able to accept their jackets and their medals and their plaques. And uh, it was a it was a big night across the board, got to catch up with uh Champ Bailey, Bill Curry, Herschel Walker was inducted, Terrence Edwards was inducted, his brother Robert, who will be in in short order, was there to put the jacket on him. They ran some smack on each other on stage. Matt was there to host along with Bill Hartman, uh, one of the true icons in this industry. Uh, great evening there at uh, the College Football Hall of Fame for the inaugural class of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. So it was very, very cool stuff. So, yeah, we were we were a couple of different directions doing things on Saturday night. But Hannah's the one that got the award. So there you go. <laughs> Hannah got the solo well, anchor award. I know. I know. Well, thank you, John. I am honored and humbled, but it was a big night for both of us. And we've got a big show coming up. So How's here's that for a transition? On today's show. We're going to recap our Football Fridays in Georgia game of the week, which is Carrollton versus Westlake. 
Take a look at what happened around the rest of the state previews Friday's matchup between Hughes and South Paulding. And we will talk to our web game coaches, Fitzgerald head coach Tucker Pruitt and Co- Cook head coach Byron Slack. And John, it's Coach Slack's first time on the show. So that'll be a, a really good interview. Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know, Adel, fantastic community down there at Cook and the Hornets. And I've uh, had the pleasure of catching up with their play by play guy, Doc Mike McCartney. Uh, for the weekly column, but this will be the first time that we've had a Cook coach on the show to talk about a big game in Region 1 AA coming up this week. You can catch that one on gpb.org as well. So uh, what's on your mind about the week that was, Hannah? Well, yeah, let's start by recapping our game. It was a Region 2 7A battle between Carrollton and Westlake at the Lions Den. Mm-hmm. The Trojans kept their winning streak alive. They are now 9-0 on the year, 4-0 all-time versus Westlake, and clinched their 32nd Region Championship with the 28-19 win. Our Cotton Commission player of the game was running back Bryce Hicks, who rushed 29 times for 121 yards and three touchdowns. You've got another region title. I know that that's only part of what you're chasing after this year. When you look back to what you've accomplished so far, what have you thought about what you guys have been able to do? Just being able to overcome all the hate in the beginning of the season. Everybody said we was too young, we weren't going to be that good, but we what, 9-0. and hey, We're doing good in the season so far, so I'm just glad we're going to keep working and we're ready for Campbell next week. And freshman quarterback Juju Lewis, he had a really tough game, John. He was 10 to 25 passing for 123 yards and three interceptions. One was a pick six. Mm-hmm. What was your assessment of his game? Well, that one, it was, it was, and it was a point that we made on the postgame show is that you're getting to see a very talented freshman learn in real time. Mm-hmm. The first interception literally was the pick six from Avion Terrell that made them uh, down 7 nothing in the first quarter. It went through a couple of mm-hmm. sets of hands, so it was deflected. Terrell had the presence of mind to grab it and go the other way, so it was 7 nothing. Think about this. It was 7 nothing, and then, uh, just as quickly, Carrollton took control of the game, had a lead 14-7, then they led 21-7 at the half. There were some chances there that weren't closed in by Rico Zachary and Westlake, and then you know it gets close, it gets to 12, and then it gets to 9, and so you end up with a 28-19 final, and so... You know, Westlake's still one of the top teams here in 7A, but you got to see this this offensive Carrollton, and it could have been a larger margin had they hit a couple of field goals too. So nine was your final margin. Could have been 15, and I'm sure that Joey King is going to have uh, a lot to work on this week with his Carrollton Trojans as they get ready for their last game of the regular season. They clinched the region title, Hannah, as you say. They're going up against Campbell, mm-hmm. so they could run the table here and finish the regular season 10-0 and as they keep an eye on everybody else in 7A. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Well, Region 2 7A isn't the only region to clinch. There were 23 others determined on Friday. So for the lead in Region 5 AAA at the battlefield in Tyrone, Cedar Grove beat Sandy Creek 49-34, to John. Yep, and you look at, at that one, and you figured that that one was going to be one where you had a lot of offense. And it was mm-hmm. going to be, I think, one of those pretty much with the, the individual. The team that had the ball last might be in a position to win. Uh, Elliot Colson, 19 of 28, uh, 19 of 28 for Cedar Grove for 369 and six touchdowns on the day. Scored a touchdown himself to give you the seven TDs. Barry Jackson, six catches for 155 yards and a couple of scores. And get this, Cedar Grove was down 12 nothing in this one. Come back to win by 15. <laughs> so that's the Cedar Grove, one of the most talented teams here in the state of Georgia, regardless of classification. And you got to see that in uh, the win over Sandy Creek and AAA. 
The rest of my scoreboard at Phil Reeves Stadium, Calhoun takes the top spot in Region 7 5A with a 28-13 win over Dalton. Irwin gets revenge over Brooks County after losing to them in the 2021 state championships, defeating Brooks County 19-7. That one was in Region 1 single A. At Memorial Stadium in Savannah, this matchup decided who's the favorite to win Region 3 Quad A. Benedictine defeated Wayne County 31-10 in that one. And Region 3 AA is not in the blender. No. Appling County beat Vidalia 34-13. Vidalia will be the second seed. What are your thoughts on those games, John? I mean, you you look at Appling and Appling's offensive line with Jordan Mullis and the defensive line. You know, our, our friend John Kuhn, who has covered football down there for three decades he gave me the heads up about appling county about a month ago and mm-hmm. it's it truly just they're mauling guys right now on the offensive and defensive line 26 games this upcoming week will decide your ones and your twos probably but at the very least your region champs your region champs already in the barn Carrollton in one in a region 2 7a cambridge is your region champ in uh, Region 6, 5A, North Oconee is your champ in Region 8, Quad A. Thomasville, with their win Thursday over Doherty, they are the region champ in uh, Class in the class AAA in Region 1. And so uh, Early County is a region champ. They were the first one in the barn. They front-loaded all of their games in region play so they could be done. They had a game against one of the top teams in the state of Alabama, Eufaula High, as a non-region. They have mm. Brooks. They've had Eufaula. They went across the river and played Eufaula, Alabama, uh, last Friday night. And Early County is one of the first ones in Region 1, Class A, Division 2. And then MCA, McIntosh County Academy, the Bucks. They are the uh, proud owners of a region title in Region 3A Division 2. So those are your region champs. 26 more can be decided on Friday night if things go one way or another. So it's going to be another fun Friday where we're going to have our heads on a swivel, Hannah. Yeah, one more game for you. Region 6, 7A, our web game. Lambert defeated Denmark 39-31 to to go 8-0, 3-0 in region play mm-hmm. so our web game this week uh-huh. is a big region one two a battle between cook and fitzgerald john what's on the line in this one everything beat two three four <laughs> i mean it's it's a region title and you have once again you've got great football towns we mentioned adel and how much they embrace the cook hornets you have fitzgerald and ben hill county and how much they embrace what goes on with the purple hurricane this one's going to be a fun one and thanks to everybody down in, in Fitzgerald and Ben Hill County that are, are letting us come down with a camera and have that be our web game. Remember, our web games just have the that one camera there. They have graphics to keep you up to date with what's going on. You hear Nat sound. You hear the natural sound there in the stadium. No play-by-play is attached. We're just kind of there with you as a fan to let everybody else know around the state what's going on with this one. And this one's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one with a lot on the line in region one double a leading off this week. We catch up with the guy who's going to be on the home sideline, head coach, Tucker Pruitt of the Fitzgerald purple hurricane coach. Uh, I hear you're evading weight training class to hang out with us this week. I'll pop my head out real quick just to just to take a second to talk to y'all. It's good to hear your voice, and I uh, hope y'all are doing good. No doubt about it. All right, so we're part and parcel to a game that's coming up this week, and it's going to be on gpb.org. We'll get to that in just a sec. But what has it been like for you as a coach and as a program knowing that you are everyone's top game, that you are the bullseye this season for everybody that you face? 
Well, you know, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, if, if people think you're the standard, um, you know, we don't put a whole lot of stock into last year. I know some people have said we're defending champions. Uh, we're really not defending anything. This is a new year and a new team and a new challenge. And, um, you know, we do get a lot of people's best, but, you know, we try to work hard too and, and hope that they get our best shot as well. And uh, so far, so good. Our kids have uh, done well so far. And, you know, we've been able to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat and we've been able to win, you know, a couple of the close ones that could have gone either way. And so um, it's good to be the standard, and we just want to try to keep winning one game a week. You made it to the finals in 2020. You did win last year. Now you're 8-0, 4-0 in region play. How are you maintaining that level of success? Well, I think it's just having a short memory, you know, because – um, you know, once the game's over, nothing really carries over. Nothing else matters other than, you know, going through the process again and making sure you respect your opponent and making sure you make the corrections that are needed uh, from last week to this week to make sure you're continuing to grow and progress. And uh, that's what we expect of our kids individually and our team collectively. And so uh, we just take them one at a time, take it one day at a time and try to focus on being our best and continuing to get better. Coach, I've maintained that AA football is one of the toughest classifications across the board. In addition to South Georgia football being what it is, then you add South Georgia and AA on top of each other, and I think it's doubly tough. For someone who doesn't know about AA football, how would you break down how competitive a classification it is? Well, there's a lot of parity, you know, and it just changed this year where you got a couple of the private schools in there now, you know, with Eagles Landing and Fellowship, and you got – two of the final four last year from AAA and Pearson Aplin, and uh, you still got the Fitzgeralds and the Callaways, and you also got Thompson and Rockmart, which were two region champions from AAA coming down. And so um, it's very competitive, you know, and obviously we focus on the games that are on our schedule, and uh, we're in the region stretch right now, and um, that's always tough as well. But there's a lot of different teams that could win, and I think, um, you know, there's a lot of good teams, a lot of good coaching staff, a lot of good athletes, and so – you know, we just hope to continue to try to take them one at a time and be around when it really matters. Tell me about some of your top athletes. You're coming off a 33-13 to 13 region win over Sumter County where Demetrius Brown had a big game, returning a kickoff 92 yards for a score before the end of the first half. Uh, tell me about him and, and how well some of the other guys are doing on both sides of the ball. Yeah, DJ had a great game for us. You know, that was one of our special team's goals this year coming into the season. We haven't returned a kickoff for a touchdown since 2018. And so wow. uh, that was one of our goals, and DJ did it last week. Uh, he's also been playing really well for us at wide receiver and corner. I think he had four catches last week. And so um, he's a senior that's an experienced player. He started last year for us, and he's having a great year. And as far as, you know, the rest of them go, Daniel James is another one of our leaders on the defensive line. He's playing outstanding. Uh, the out, the offensive line is probably the strength of our team. Uh, four of those five are juniors. We got one senior in Xavier Walker, uh, but LaVon Simmons, Gabe Pierce, Christian Riggins, and Roderick uh, Morgan are all juniors that will be back. And uh, they played well for us this year. And like I said, they're our strength. And we kind of do the running back thing by committee. Uh, we've got five or six little running backs that we'll roll in there. And Sultan Cooper's gotten a lot better at quarterback. Last week he was seven for seven, which is – uh, pretty efficient. Obviously, we're a run-first team, so uh, we don't call on him to do a ton some Friday nights, but he's there whenever we need him. Uh, he's gotten a lot better. Calvin Tillman is a good wideout for us. It's a junior, and so we really have a 
small class of seniors. I think we've only got like 12 or 13 seniors, but there's some good players. And then we've got a bigger group of juniors, and a lot of those guys played last year as sophomores. And so it's a good mix, and they're all working to get better. And, uh, you know, we've had some good games and some bad games and just trying to continue to press on. I think this is the third time where we've had head coaches going against each other on the podcast, and we like to do something funny where <laughs> if you go. could ask Coach Slack a question about Friday, what would you ask him? Uh, I'd like to know how they're going to line up defensively to some of our unbalanced formations and just kind of see with that odd front, are they going to slant or are they going to move a man or uh, roll the secondary down. I could be interested to know that. I doubt he, I doubt we get him to tell me, but uh, that would be but my we'll question. Ask him. Yeah, <laughs> we'll ask him for you. <laughs> Knowing full well that there's going to be a question that we will have him asking you somewhat rhetorically here in the show. But since you're first one up, you get to ask the first question of the two of you, and then you know at JC on Friday night, you guys can sit there and say, well, you know. I, this was the question that I wanted to know, and then this is the question I want to know. You guys can have your own good conversation there at JC. Yeah, and then we can make everybody wonder was the answer we gave the truth <laughs> or kind of a partial truth. Exactly. For, for someone for someone who's never been to a game at JC, what are they missing? Oh, it's awesome, man! It's a great environment. You know, our community really comes behind our kids and rallies behind them, and uh, they get excited about Friday nights. And our kids work hard and. There's a lot of young kids in the in the stadium that are looking forward to being Hurricanes one day, and uh, the band and the crowd. It's a it's a big deal, you know. And so, um, it's a good environment for our kids to play in. They get excited. They feed off the crowd, and every game's a, a big game in Fitzgerald. And so, this this Friday, like I mentioned, Senior Night. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some home playoff games, but it's the last, you know, guaranteed home game that these guys are going to play in the regular season. And so. Uh, we're hoping to have another pretty good environment. Obviously, Cook County's got a great team, and they're going to bring a good crowd, and it ought to be a great night for football. Tucker Pruitt, the head coach of the Purple Hurricane of Fitzgerald. Coach, it's great to always have you here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks for catching us up as you get ready for one of the big region games around the state this weekend. You guys are hosting Cook Friday night on gpb.org. Thanks for being great hosts and letting us come and see what's going on down there in South Georgia. Thanks for coming on the show, and we'll be seeing you Friday night. Thanks. One coach down, one to go. Let's go to the visiting sideline and catch up with first-year Cook Hornets head coach, Byron Slack. Hey, Coach Slack. It's your first year at the helm of the Cook Hornets and your first time on the podcast. So welcome in. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. You're in a region that is traditionally tough, regardless of what the, the order is and the schools that are involved. Region 1AA, traditionally very, very tough. This year, it's you, it's Fitzgerald, it's Worth. You're all right there at the at the top of the ladder. You mentioned how you you know you looked at Dodge. Dodge was two and two and three and five coming into the game before they got the the ten point win on you. And then you've got Barryan, who's two and two in the region. They're above five hundred. You've also got Sumter and and Jeff Davis in there. Region one AA once again continues to be tough. It doesn't matter what the iteration is. Absolutely, that was. Uh... You know, when I first got the job, and they, they had we had a little bit of uh, region realignment when I uh, took over, quite honestly. And everybody's all oh, this region, this and that. But you know, as I, and having been in this area for for uh, a long time, uh, you know, certainly at the seven A level, uh, watching some of these teams and whatnot. And again, like I said, you get on the film, and it, exactly like you said, you start watching the film, and you know, you you always 
like the opportunity to compete on Fridays. And uh, certainly in this region, you get just that every Friday. So <laughs> there aren't any, any time you can look forward and go, hey, we can, we may be able to, you know, eat by here this week with, with just this, this kind of, you know, a, uh, you know, not performing very well and, and maybe still be able to pull a victory out. Not in this region. If you don't play well on Friday nights in this region, you're going to get beat. Coach, when you look at your first year there at Cook, it normally takes a little while for the messaging to get through, your expectations to be understood, those kinds of things. When did you get the the feeling that everything was going in the right direction, everybody was was pushing and, and making sure that the rope was being pulled the way that it was supposed to? Was it in summer? Was it during the season early on in season one? When did you see that everything was going in that one direction with everybody doing the same things? Well, early on, uh, you know, we've we and we're certainly not without our bumps and bruises. We're a little thin uh, and just actual numbers, and and uh, that's okay because uh, you know the kids that stayed, uh, I was I was sure that they were they were all in. Uh, and again, we certainly don't have as many as we like out here, but I was sure that they all they were all in. But if I had to go back to a particular point in, in the season. Uh, you know, I, I have to go probably to the Valdosta game. Uh, you know, I, I put that game on the schedule for, for that reason. I, I wanted to see. I wanted to make sure our kids understood what it was like to, to be in a, a hostile environment, uh, go against a storied program, the most storied program in, 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 in America. And, and I, I wanted to see. I wanted our kids to see. I wanted them to understand uh, regardless of the classifications and uh, whatever takes place, if they go out there and stick to the plan, we can play with anybody. And we did that early on. We ultimately uh, made some crucial mistakes in, in the special teams game that, uh, uh, you know, allowed a great program like them to prevail. I'll put three punts on the ground inside the five-yard line. and <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure who you can beat if you do that. Uh, but you know, at that that time, if there was ever a time when you lose, you know, everybody always talks about, and everybody says, you know, a, a good tail whooping can make you learn a lot of lessons. Uh, me personally, I, I I learn a lot when I win. I don't. <laughs> but uh, at that point, I think our kids kind of understood. You know, this maybe there is something to this. What what he is trying to what he and his staff are trying to bring and trying to get us to understand. And of course we got the next week and got a, you know, a great victory against another great ball club in Brooks County. And I think from that point, um, the kids kind of believed in, in some of the values and things that we spent all summer and, uh, and spring trying to instill in them. They saw it come to uh, fruition and, and work in their favor. Well, Coach, you have Fitzgerald this Friday on uh, it's our GPB web game, and we just talked to Coach Pruitt, like John said, and, and he had a question for you. So this is the third time that we've had coaches on that are going head-to-head, and he wanted to know which defense that you were going to run. So against, I, I don't know his, if you want to tell him right yeah. here on the show. <laughs> yeah, against, against his unbalanced sets, he wanted to know mm-hmm. what your defensive alignment was going to be and if you were going to do things like roll the secondary or things like like that do you have a question in return that you'd like to know about Fitzgerald's approach on Friday night yeah let me let me uh 
Let me first answer <laughs> what defense we're going to run. Against his unbalanced stuff, yeah. yeah. We're going to run our defense. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And uh, a question for him would be, um, let me see. That's a good question. You guys are gonna sure ask him, right? Oh yeah, I'll text him as soon as I'll text him as soon as the show is over, and the two of you can discuss your questions and answers right there at the fifty at JC. Okay, um, how many of those kids can he not bring to the game Friday? All right, so how many of the kids can he not bring to the game on Friday? Yeah, okay. For a, for a long time, man, he's a great football coach. Me and him talk in the offseason and talk all the time, and he's done a great job there. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going over there and then going head-to-head against him. We, we've had some run-ins together when he was at Lowndes, and mm-hmm. I was at Denver, and I've always respected him as a coach and uh, uh, got nothing but good things to say about, about uh, Coach Pruitt. All right, so we have on our programming on Friday night, we have uh, Recruiting 2022 before our game of the week. And we have a segment that is toward the end of the show that's called Make That Kid an Offer. And what we like to do with that particular segment is sit there and ask coaches around the state, whether it's in person or have them submit uh, their ideas, if there was a student athlete that for whatever reason – they're under-recruited, they're too small, they're not tall enough, they're not big enough, What, whatever reason. They're not getting the looks that you think they should be getting for the next level or they're not getting the right looks or they're not getting enough looks. They're getting recruited, they're getting some offers, but maybe some more. Is there anyone there at Cook that you would sit there and say, make this kid an offer or make this kid a better offer? Absolutely. Bryson Wilson, our offensive tackle. And what's uh, what's Bryson's current dossier? What's uh, what's the the four one one on him? He is uh, Bryson is six five, three hundred and twenty pounds. He's a true, true put on the bar, three hundred and fifty five pound bench press kid. He is thirty three and a quarter inches from the 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 back of his shoulder to the tip of his finger. Mm. His his measurables would be up there with with anybody that you would measure. Um, and he has some decent, I mean, to say he doesn't, my, my philosophy has always been, if, uh, which I tell my kids and tell parents is anybody that's going to pay for you to go to school. That's a big time offer. And when, you know, when people always ask me, Hey, who you got, that's going to sign big time. I tell them every one of them that signs. However, uh, I think that, uh, Bryson Wilson in this fast pace play now, or, or, if you're not ready now, uh, system that college football has going, uh, there are some people that are going to miss out on an opportunity to have a, a great football player in their program. Um, you know, I know there may be one or two drawbacks on flexibility, something of that nature, but uh, I think within a year's time, uh, this kid has all of his good football way, way ahead of him. And again, uh, we're talking a legitimate kid that, like I said, is 6'5", 320 pounds, uh, uh, length like an NFL offensive lineman. And and I know a bunch of guys. I've coached at different levels and 6'5", 
seen a bunch. I've known, I've seen hundreds of kids his size that did not have this, the natural strength that he has. And, uh, I think that, that there's some people out there that if they just give him a shot and look at him and, and, and evaluate him a little bit more in deep in detail, again, coming from, uh, you know, a double a program, I'm certainly, I'm certain that that may work against him a little bit, but, uh, He's a kid that, like I said, if, if if anybody out there evaluates him, spend some time, uh, some real time evaluating him, look at him. Uh, he's a kid that I really think some people are going to end up playing against and go, man, how do we miss that kid? All right, Hannah, so last question got, for you. Yeah, well, we've got – well, it's a, it's a combined question. We've got one last one for you. Your defensive coordinator, Chad Wheeler, has a very special daughter, and John wants to ask you more about this. Yeah, uh, a lot of folks may not know Chad's story and what he and his family are going through right now with his daughter, Charlotte. They are that's It's a fantastic story, and they're salt-of-the-earth folks, and I just wanted to, to let other folks know around the state about Coach Wheeler and about that story and how important family is, not just to the Wheelers, but to the Cook family and everybody down there in Adel that don't know this story. Yeah, he just, uh, you know, Charlotte has been battling, uh, make sure I say it right, brain cancer since she's been an infant. Uh, And, you know, you never want to... it's a it's a deal. You never want to throw that up in anybody's face, especially with the kids and whatnot. And you don't ever want to say, "Look." But she comes out to the game and she's in the stroller, and or in the stroller or, or walking with his wife. And here's a here's a here's a child who's had probably more surgeries than any than everybody in that stadium combined at, at three and a half years old, and is just bouncing off the walls. You know, and, and and it really makes you stop and, and you know, not necessarily, you know, be thankful for sure. But you go, you know, the ability to endure and, and that, that child in particular, Chad and his family, his wife, you know, uh, the, you know uprooting here, uh, going back and forth to Jacksonville. And he's up here with us, doesn't ever, doesn't miss anything, never misses a thing. And the wife drives back, they go back and forth to Jacksonville. And it's just an amazing story of, 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 of willpower and, and people's will to endure, not just the family, but the child in particular. Like I said, you, I was with uh, me and Coach Wheeler were together at Moultrie uh, last year. And uh, gosh, just the, just the different things that has happened. Like I said, she's had more surgeries than, than, than everybody on our team combined. And, and uh, again, when you see her, you, you, you just, you, it, it makes you, it makes you, it makes you look and it makes you evaluate your situation, it makes you evaluate what you really think is important, it makes you evaluate uh, how blessed you are, it makes you evaluate everything in your life and, and how you go about it on a daily basis. And that was why I wanted to let everybody around the state know about that story with Coach Wheeler. Uh, he's the D.C. on your staff, and you've got a big game coming up this week, uh, this weekend with Fitzgerald region title on the line in one of the toughest regions around. Thanks for pulling back the curtain. Well, what's going on down there in Adel, Coach? Great to have you on for your maiden voyage here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Fitzgerald and Cook, our web game this week at gpb.org. Thanks for hanging out with me and Hannah for, to let everybody else know what's going on down there. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me, and go Horn. 
Great to catch up with Coach Slack and yeah. have him on for the very first time. What an incredible story that was. And we also cannot wait for that game on Friday, John. No doubt. Our TV game this week, Region 5, 6A matchup between Hughes and South Paulding and Fairburn. What's on the line in this one, John? Other than everything, once again. I mean, you, you have <laughs> Hughes at 8-0 coming in, South Paulding 6-2, and two, and one and it's, uh, it's Boone and Sumo. That, it's, what's, I love it. It's Boone and Sumo. So this will be it'll be a great game. We're looking forward to this one once again, determining the ones and twos in regions. One of those 26 games that we were discussing that will determine order and seating order and things like that. I know a lot of folks and in the GPB polls, Hughes, Lee, Roswell all season long. It looks like it's going to be Hughes, Roswell and Lee. And then a lot of other folks after what happened with the, one of the plays of the season in Georgia high school football. But right now, Hughes, top of the ladder in 6A. Tough region test. We'll see what uh, we'll see what Air Nolan can do against the South Paulding defense on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. We had both Boone and Sumo on the postgame show as well to talk about this matchup. And, and Sumo's fired up. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's going to be a fun one and because this one really, it's going to be a marker for South Paulding to figure out mm-hmm. where they stand up against one of the top teams in the state, regardless of classification. And once again, another situation for Hughes to take care of business, to get that region title, to get all those home games in South Fulton County. That's what you're looking for to stay as deep in the playoffs as possible. Friday, 7.30 p.m., recruiting 2020 before at 7. Mm-hmm. And we want to give a flag football update for everybody. We had a triple header at Hebron Christian in Decula. Hebron beat Decula 19-6. Decula defeated Lanier 7-6. Hebron Christian took down Lanier 34-6. John, you were on the sidelines. What was it like? Oh, Hebron Christian is going to be a team that you're going to have to keep an eye on. So uh, that, that's going to be Hebron Christian if you haven't seen them play, you're going to have to keep an eye on them. I think they're going to be making a charge in area, so we'll keep an eye on the Lions. Follow us at GBB Sports for more announcements on flag football. All right. I guess we have to do a staff whip around. Yes, we you do. Know, I, I'm thinking that this segment can just be taken out no. going forward. No. Uh, I, it's no. fine. No. I, it's fine. No, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> in the interest of equal time, here's the deal. All right, so uh, Darlington and uh, Ambassador Jeremy, they're 9-0, 5-0 in Region 7 Class A. They beat Armurchie 45-7, and obviously uh, our love to everyone up there at Armurchie with Coach Green with his most recent announcement that this is going to be his last season as uh, head coach up there at Armurchie, obviously with the with family, with all of the, the health issues that they've been battling over the last couple of years. Last season mm-hmm. for Coach Green as the head coach at Armurchie. But uh, obviously, all of our love here from uh, GPB to everybody up there at our Murchie. Decatur, Commander Sandy's group now 4-4, four and 3-0 four, and oh in region play, Class 5A, Region 4, beating Lithonia 35-2. Lakeside non-region schedule continues, winning season for the first time in a long time, 40-18 to 18 over Stone Mountain, 6-2. and two. Lassiter lost their third Park road, View, 26, Park View 23 to Newton. Pope. Parkview lost to Newton, 20 to 18. Three and five overall, and one and three in Region Seven, Class Six A, and then Central Macon. Now get this, uh, so so she goes straight to Jake the Snake with what happened with Parkview. Central Macon, hey King James, big win, 63 nothing over Spencer, and moved to two and six, two and three. Good work for everybody there. So once again, uh, Ambassador Jeremy at the top of the ladder, ranked nine and zero, five and zero in Class A. So what else is on your mind? <sighs> Mm-hmm. Sad, sad. Another sad night for my Trojans. Lasseter's three and five, one and three in Region Seven, Class Six A. There we go. All right. So, what else is on your mind? We got a game. We got a game to talk about. Once again, to promote. We got that. 
everything else that's going on. So let's promote that. We got a game, 7 o'clock once again. Uh, Recruiting 2022 is uh, on the air, and uh, we'll have all the segments that we have. We have some big news as a lead this week, so you're not going to want to miss Recruiting 2022 coming on at 7 o'clock. 7.30, a little after that, 7.36-ish is your kickoff with Hughes at South Paulding. Big region battle determining who's going to be a region champion. Can Hughes stay at the top of the rankings in Class 6A? That's the big question. And then when the game's over, it's not over because we have the post-game show. Once again, brought to us by our friends at Buckle Up Georgia. Buckle Up Georgia seatbelts save lives. Another full night as we are at the next-to-last round of the regular season. Next-to-last week. Two more weeks to go before the sprint to Georgia State kicks off in earnest. So, for everybody here, it's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. It's Commander Sandy. It's King James. It's Ambassador Jeremy. It's Jake the Snake. It's for Hannah in her closet with her uh, dodgy Wi-Fi. It's just me. I'm just John. Thanks for hanging out with us for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your game. Good job, John. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.